was the Apostle Paul who spoke those words to us. That when it was all said and done after he'd been in prison and suffered all kinds of wrongdoing, he could say at the very end, I fought the good fight. If you look at the book of Philippians, you know that it is a battle. It's an uh, ongoing daily battle. So much more the worse now that we see the world in turmoil. And every day here news, that almost makes you want to turn the radio off and not listen. And God is saying to us, you got to move forward. You can't get hung up on all of the things that are out there. And you know you come in here today by God's design. You did not come of your own will. God put it inside you to get up and go to church. My wife said to me yesterday that every single thing you do in life is a discipline. It takes discipline to set your alarm and get up in the morning and go to work, to scrape off the ice and the snow that's coming soon from your car, to raise enough money and funds to keep your family going, sustain them. Eating is a discipline. Eating the right stuff is a discipline. And more and more in these days, we see less discipline in people. There is a paradox in the whole concept of moving forward. It's tough. Sometimes you feel like you're going far more backwards than you are forward. Or you take three steps and two of them are in reverse. And you don't know how to change that and how to, how to bring about genuine change in your life so that you could have some joy in these days. I can only wonder what's going on in various brothers and sisters' lives in the room. It would take hours upon hours upon hours to hear all the stories in the room today. But we've been studying the book of Philippians, which is written by Paul. It's one of his Pauline epistles. And Philippians is very, very powerful, and that's where we get a lot of our favorite verses if you really looked at the book. So I wanted to read just a little bit for you this morning so you get the idea of where we're at as we go through Philippians. In the first part of chapter 3, it says, can you put, yeah, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh who serve God by his spirit who, I missed the most important part, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. This is Paul saying this. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I, know, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surprising, surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want you to know, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. It's a big mouthful. Context is this. Paul's in the jail in Rome, and as you know, if you've been here with us the last couple of weeks, a friend of his from Philippi, which I said is a long ways from Rome, even if he went by boat down around or across, it would take days and days and days. And this Epaphroditus friend of his comes to visit Paul in prison. Prison wasn't like our prison. Prison is a hole in the ground, nasty, dirty, or 
you know, full of rats and infested with bugs and damp and cold. And while Epaphroditus was there seeing him, Epaphroditus actually got sick. And finally, Epaphroditus is going back home. Paul has to let him go. The whole concept of letting him go has to be difficult because who does he have? You ever had to let somebody go that you just absolutely love? And the door just closed and no longer are they going to be in your life. A spouse, kids, a friend, somebody that goes to church and now all of a sudden doesn't go to church. It's very difficult to let somebody go. And so Paul is like really in turmoil over this, that Epaphroditus is gone and he actually says that he's going to send his other good buddy, Timothy, with him. Nothing like having awesome friends, is there? Anybody in here have good friends? Raise your hand. Oh, that's almost everybody. But I did notice a few people who didn't raise their hand. There's a reason for that, for sure. Because you don't feel like you have anybody that's particularly close to you. You've come this morning and you're very discouraged. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to just give up. You've lost what seemed to be the most precious thing to you. I hate it when people go away for vacation. I hate it when the Warrens head down to see their son now, October, November, December. And they'll be gone and I won't see their nice smiling faces who come up to me and hug me. Yes, and love me. You in a good mood today? I'm in a way better mood now that the worship part is over. Oh, my gosh. So Paul's sitting in prison. Epaphroditus is leaving. He's all by himself. Somebody in this room this morning feels all alone. Totally on an island. All alone, ready to just throw in the towel. And you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know who to talk to. You don't know what to think. You're just on an island all by yourself. And you're the one that, that Paul is reaching out to right now in this text. It's just odd the way people come to you and they say, you know, what do you think God is trying to teach you? Isn't that odd? You're, you're good friends. What do you suppose God is trying to teach you? You must be living in terrible sin. The way I see it. You're a child of God, and he's talking to brothers and sisters here. You don't have any sin. You following me? You don't have any sin because it's all been wiped clean by the blood of Jesus so you can get through this. Yeah, you can. You could actually get through it. Oh, my gosh, there are so many issues. So many issues today to get through. And we just, it, it, it's so tough for us. We, we think to ourselves, I don't think I'm going to make it. You know, I told you last week, and I, I said this at men's Bible study last week, that I always write things down on a tablet. I always have a quarter tablet from Walmart during school days, season. Here's the things that I wrote down. Sometimes God gets in the way to show us the way. Think so? See, you wouldn't even be here unless God got in the way in your life to show you the way he wants you to go. You agree? You right now are trying to figure out what the way is, where you should go. And, and you're laying awake at night, sleepless nights even. Sleepless nights, laying awake, trying to think of, well, God, what are you trying to show me? Because I'm really lost on this. I don't know what to do. God, please make it clear to me what I should do. And of all things, Paul is writing this stuff, which blows my mind. He's the one writing it. He should be the one pouting. Yes, he should. He should be the one that's upset and disappointed with God. 
I looked up this week to see what happens to sports stars that thought they were all that and then got older or didn't move forward. There are so many people that put all their energies into one thing and then it doesn't work out. And I just looked, there were, there were so many examples of sports stars who ended up nowhere. There are plenty of elite athletes who found the key to consistency. In golf, it was David Duvall somehow went from the best in the world to completely irrelevant in matters of months, in a matter of just simple months. He was the best in the world to a nobody. On the gridiron was running back Chris Johnson, who was abruptly transforming from the NFL into unwanted free agent. In baseball, it was Dan Ugla, who proved to be just struggling and didn't make it. You're sitting in a room, you had, you had, your, you had your mind made up that this is something you were going to do. This is something that you were sure you are supposed to do. Hey, listen, I'm talking to you. Please stay with me. It doesn't matter who else is in the room. This is for you. You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. And God keeps getting in the way. You're like, dumbfounded. God, what are you trying to show us? What are you trying to show me? And God is basically saying this to a lot of people. If you had just looked for me a little sooner, this might not have happened this way. It might have been completely different if you had just needed me a little bit sooner. I think that forgetting is, is quite paradoxical. What is a paradox? It's a statement or proposition that despite the sound, reasoning from acceptable premises leads to a conclusion that seems senseless logically unacceptable or self-contradictory. Like I thought it was all going to turn out. Yeah, for better or for worse, <laughs> what happened to that? Kids told you they loved you and now they've completely destroyed their life and you don't know what to do. This job was going to be the job. This one was the job. But it's not. It's already not panning out. Yes, there's someone in the room that knows that's true. I've asked my lips to be God's lips so I could say it to you. This job is not the job because God is trying to teach you something and you're not getting it. You following me? I'm not really getting this. Well, what is it you're trying to show me? What is it? And along the way, Along the way, by the way, along the way, you, you literally burn a ton of bridges. You just burn those bridges because you were upset about something and you're actually upset with God. You decided that you could make your way. And I would say this to everybody in the room, including myself. Only Jesus is the way maker. And the only way that you're going to know the way, the truth, and the life is to stay close to Jesus. Yes, you won't make it without him. Get over your self-motivated pride and perfectionism and realize God's been trying to talk to you for quite some time, but it's not fitting your box of thinking. Sometimes God wants you to have a sleepless night or two, doesn't he? Sometimes God wants you to lay there all night and think and think and overthink and think and think and think, and then God just takes over and does it his way. Oh, yeah. Some people are smiling because they know. Huh? Just shake your head like this. There's some people in here that know. God brought them into this situation to help them see through it. And then here's what's going to happen along the path. 
Here's what's going to happen that you find in Philippians chapter 3. Those first 11 verses take you thus far, and then he says this. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of. Oh, my gosh. You mean God's making me do this? You mean God's putting me through this? You mean God is actually allowing this in my life so that I'll get it? You know that I've seen at least 10 people in the room right now that God has said to me, that's the person that's supposed to get it today. You're the one. You're the one that God is talking to. You're the one that he says in verse 13, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. I don't have it all figured out. I'm not perfect. I don't have it all. But this one thing I do for sure is I forget those things that are behind. It's a two-part process here. I only have these two things today. It's very simple. I, I, in order to move forward, I need to forget the things that are behind. Don't you? Yes? There's things you need to let go. You're stalled. You're stopped. You're in a standstill place, and you're trying to figure out, God, what are you trying to show me? I got up at 5.30 and went to the kitchen counter. I couldn't sleep. I was having one of those things where God says, this is going to be a heavy, heavy, heavy day because there's some people that I want to talk to, and I'm going to use your mouth to do it. Perfectionism destroys. Yes. It controls. It's full of anger. And many times bitterness, and it destroys everything in its path. And when God is after you and working on you, he starts chipping away at your way. He says, it's not my way you're following. You're doing your own thing, and I'm trying to send you messages, and you're just not getting it. You won't even take it from the people who know you the best, which might be your spouse. And she might be saying to you, are you listening to me at all? Do you hear anything? I literally was trying to get a family to come to church today, and the last thing he did was texted me and said, this. I just don't feel like going to church anywhere. Know what my response was? You should know me by now. Neither do You following me? You tracking with me? Why do we have to be such hypocrites and lie and say, oh, everything's so wonderful today. You having a nice day? Shh. No, I'm not. You're not. Because God's trying to get your attention. The guy who is writing this blows my mind. He had no idea that thousands of years later, Gary Peterson would read this and have to wrestle with it all night. This is what I've found through the years. God, you must love me a lot because I am a rascal. Ever seen that movie, The Rascals? Ever, anybody have that video? No, my kids watch that like a million times. They were always getting in trouble. It couldn't be alfalfa because I don't have any hair left to do that. But, you know, I, c I could be one of the other guys. Y you know, and their, their fort, their treehouse thing almost starts on fire. It's crazy. The movie is awesome. You feel like a rascal sometimes? Mm-hmm. Do you? Sometimes you feel like such a rascal and, and you just want to buck it. You want to fight it. You want to you wanna fight back. You want to tell people off if people only knew what I don't say. <laughs> Take my wife out of the room and I might say a little more. <laughs> but I know she's in here and she's going to yell at me. <laughs> yes. You know you have those. You, you know this. You know this and I know this. Hogwash with all the theology when we don't even get the simple things. Your friends laugh when they know it's for you. <laughs> it's like, yeah, he's talking to you. 
<laughs> no, this is a fact. This is the truth. I'm always talking to me. I'm the rascal. I'm not at, up at night worried about you. I'm worried about me. I'm a perfectionist. And God keeps saying, you got to get over yourself. Wives are wives, right? Gentlemen, sometimes you're like, and they thought, you know, oh my, I'm not even going to go there. That's like dangerous territory, very dangerous, seriously. You are not always going to feel in love. I mean, I, 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 oh my gosh, somebody said this to me this week. Well, she just doesn't, you know, she just doesn't treat me like she did when we were first married. Duh. Duh. Have you ever looked at their wedding pictures? You think, oh my Jesus, where did they go? They're twice the people they used to be. No kidding. I mean, no kidding. You literally, he says this, Paul says this, if you're going to make it, you got to forget. Yeah, you have to forget. That's the key word today. Forget. Forget a lot of stuff. Hmm. Yeah. I love this. I found this illustration, which I thought fit perfect. Oliver Wendell Holmes said, my dear man, my problem is not where is my, oh, this, this is, I got to tell the story first. Oliver Wendell Holmes gets on a, on a um, train back in the 1800s. And a conductor guy comes around and he's looking for your ticket. You ever go on a foreign mission trip with me, you know that I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what did I do with that stub? Oh my gosh, I don't know, I don't know what happened. My ticket, I can't find, ever had that happen to you? Like you're panicky. He's on the train. Conductor comes along and says, I need your ticket. And he says, I don't know. I don't have it. And the conductor says, well, you travel enough. We know you. I'm sure the railroad would be fine without you having a ticket. And Oliver Wendell Holmes said, my dear man, my problem is not where is my ticket. My problem is where am I going? The older I get, the more I find myself in the kitchen wondering why I'm there. Can you, can you understand this? Or I'm like, I, I've had to buy numerous pairs of glasses. And they're not all the same strength. <laughs> There's other people who have this issue too. And you're, ask, you're asking everybody in the house, do you see my glasses? Do you see my phone? Do you know how many times I've been absolutely positive my phone is lost and it's not, it's right where I left it, huh? You see my glass, see my phone, because we get more and more and more and more forgetful. And Paul says that this is something to think about. You actually have to be forgetful of some things. Paul is saying that's what, hap what has happened in the church in Philippi is now common in the first century church. And it's these Gnostics, these, these Judaizer, legalistic people that come into the church and want to tell you how you're supposed to live. In his day, they said, you have to be circumcised. You can't get into heaven without being circumcised. They tried to force this on people. And Paul could talk because he actually said, I'm not going to show you, but I have been. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was a model Pharisee. I, I'm exceedingly zealous for God. As far as righteousness by the law, he said, I'm blameless. He had this whole list of things that made them shut up and say, well, what are we going to do? Because the guy... Guy's on the right page. You and I find people all the time. We actually had a family that visited our church in the last several months, and he immediately wanted to know everything about everything, and I just thought to myself, you don't get to know anything. People want to know everything about everything, but if you ask them questions about their own self, 
Come on. Come on, you following me? Are you, are you seriously? Thank you, Moses, for saying that because some are looking at me like, what are you talking about, Pastor? What are you talking about? My wife's going to correct all my grammar because she can't do it during the service, and I love doing this kind of stuff. What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? People love to say, oh, my gosh. Paul's in jail for a reason. Know what I heard? I heard he stole a lot of money. I heard he did this. I heard he did that. Okay, so Zach's cousin, I don't think he's here today. His name's Scott. Good guy. Grew up in a Christian home. Went to a local church that was pretty conservative. Started coming here a few months back. Started to change his life. Nobody even had to tell him. He just knew, I need to change. Because you can't force genuine change on anyone. He came to see Zach, and Zach wasn't here, so he stood in my doorway in my office and talked to me for about 20 minutes. He just said, I want you to know, Pastor, that I'm trying really hard. I, I don't have a vehicle. I've lost my license. I had to get rides everywhere. He smokes. He's, his, half his teeth are gone and a lot of things, and he grew up in a really good Christian home which should tell you something, by the way. And he just stood there and he said, you know, I, a few months back I told my dad that, I, that God is really changing my life. I'm going to church now. I'm back. And I see things changing in my heart and my life. And I told my dad that. And guess what he said? He said, where are you going to church? And he said, I said, Rock Church. And he said, you don't want to go there. I heard all this stuff about the pastor. He said, have you ever met him? No. Have you talked to him? No. And don't say another word because that's when my life was changing. We live in a culture of gossiping perfectionists for everyone else but themselves. Yeah? I don't think it's below us to reach the down and outers. I think that's why we're here. Truth be told, everybody's a down and outer. Truth be told, somebody next to you needs to know Jesus loves them. Correct? Turn to your neighbor and say, Jesus loves you. Do it again. Jesus loves you. And you. And you and you and you. So, so he says, these things that were gained to me, I counted lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He could, this is what he was trying to say. Follow this. He was saying this. I could put on a show and quote more scripture, and I could, I could tell you more about this, that, and the other thing theologically. I count that as loss. I count that as loss because if I count that as gain and use it for myself, I rob God. Yeah. Do you know how easy it is to take what God gave you and get mad when it doesn't all go the way you think it's supposed to because you have it all figured out? It's in this neat package. I'll guarantee you as I was backing out of my driveway today, Oh, I thought, here's what I say to myself. God, for the last 44 years, I've been waiting on my wife to get ready. I have made such a sacrifice. Jesus, when are you going to show her? And then you gave me kids, and I sit in my car and wait on them. God, I have double the load of anybody. This isn't even fair, Lord. Lord, I deserve some kind of a party today. So you, you, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we've never had any relatives live around us in 44 years. No. If I get looking at all this stuff and all my expectations and don't realize this side of it, stay with me. 
my wife is the most amazing godly woman you could ever meet in your entire life. And guess what? And we stayed married. I put up with it. No. And she, <laughs> she put up with it for 44 years. Pretty amazing. You think there weren't times we wanted to hightail it? So some of my friends come to me and say, there's a person I'm working with, and they're really struggling in their marriage, and they want to just hightail it. And I say, send them to me. I think there's hope. You think there's hope? Yes, I think that's what God wants. Stay in your marriage. Stay married. Stay married. Stay married. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. Keep swimming. Not with other women. Keep swimming. Keep swimming with your woman. Wow. Yeah, Paul is saying, I've had to forget a lot of stuff back there that I learned and was working good for me and it was actually making my paycheck and I was doing good, but God's stopped me on the road to Damascus, laid me down on the ground, and I was blinded for days. And I know this. I actually said to God, what do you want of me? And he said, I want you to get up off your face. I'm talking to somebody, and you're not looking at me right now. Because God said, this is for this person right here. You need to get up off your face and start believing that God's got something in store for you, and you'll get through this. Yeah. You want to believe that this morning? You want to believe it? Look at me. You want to believe this? Whew. You get you get the choice. You can either rejoice or you can feel sorry for yourself and quit and run. I, I don't I don't I, I, I don't even understand this. I don't want to go to church anymore because I don't know, because I he smokes and she does this and blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, why are you looking at everyone else? Why aren't you just looking at Jesus and thanking God that you can walk today, that you can see today, that you can talk today, that you can sing today, that you can, you can believe that God will do what he wants to do if you will believe him. Is that correct? Is that correct, Caitlin? Yes. Karen, is that correct? Karen was my secretary for years. Caitlin is going to get married. There's just way more of a story than I'm telling. But by the grace of God, they came over to our house Wednesday night, sat in my living room, and her fiance, Dave, accepted Jesus. Mm -hmm. and you know, you know, this is a fact. This is a fact. This is a fact. And Caitlin's crying because it's so awesome. This lady and that man right there, her mom and dad, wouldn't stop praying. Am I right? They wouldn't stop praying. They wouldn't stop praying. They said, we're really sad that they're living together and they're not married. We're really sad. And God started doing something. Dave's an awesome guy. He's not here. He might not be totally ready for this yet. We'll take baby steps, won't we? When we, when we put those expectations on people, it oftentimes drives them away. And what Paul was saying to these people at Philippi, he was saying this. There are people that are going to come and try to put you in their box. How do I know? I used to be in their box and they liked me. And now that I'm not in their box and I hang with people that they don't like, they don't like me anymore. You ever experience that? Yes or no? That's so weak. You can't tell me that's not the way our culture is. This is our culture. If you don't match up perfectly, we will destroy you. We will just, a guy doesn't want his son whose life is changing to come here because he heard some things. It's almost like that ridiculous representative in our Congress that said, some people did something. What a bunch of hogwash. We can't label it what it really is because it might offend them. I say, what happened to never forget, right? You say, it doesn't fit with your message, Pastor. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. You have to love the Arab people, the Muslim people, but you also have to remember that it can't be like that. We cannot allow them to take over our country. There are 90-some of them trying to run for Congress and be in our nation, and, and, and it, oh my gosh, people won't vote for the conservatives because 
it doesn't fit in their box and their lifestyle. And I say, think about it. Think of what's going to happen to this nation. You won't have cars anymore. You won't have cows anymore. You won't have guns anymore. You won't have airplanes anymore. I can't imagine who in the world is voting Democrat. If you are, you need your brain examined. That's a fact. I don't care if it offends you or not. Get over it. It's a fact. It's a fact. Yes. Paul knew. Paul knew that God had something very, very specific for him. The past experiences are, I, I wrote this down, and I think if you don't remember anything else, you need to remember this phrase. Paul's experiences are only valid, or excuse me, past experiences are only valid as they have been translated into present experience. Paul's not saying that you should act like the past never happened. He's saying, forget all the stuff that gets you hung up. Yeah? Forget the stuff that gets you hung up. Forget the stuff that is working against you to keep you from moving forward in what God wants to do. Let's stick together. Don't run. Don't run. Don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your friends. Don't give up on anything. Stick with God. Because he knows. Paul said, though I myself have reasons for such confidence, I throw those things out the door. Everybody's being told today, this is it. Confidence is the number one most important thing that you could ever have. Have confidence. If you're going to get a job, you have to have confidence. You go to all these seminars to teach you how to have this confidence. And I think it's wrecking our culture. Pride is destroying America. Pastors won't preach what they're supposed to preach for fear that people will leave if they say the truth. Say it anyway. Say it anyway. Pray it anyway, right? Pray it anyway. Pray it now. Say it now because you might not be able to later say it. Not that I've already obtained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Oh, this is what it says. God's got you. Does he have you? Does he have you? You know, I guarantee you with Caitlin, because she's back there shaking her head, yes. She, she was going to pray with Dave when he accepted Christ in our home. She started praying, but she, she was crying so hard she couldn't pray anymore, right? Take hold of what God has for you in the same way that he takes hold of you. He never lets go, does he? Grab on, grab on. You are discouraged right now. I, th I think there's something really heavy today. I don't know who it is. And people think you're crazy when you say this, but I, I could not sleep. I felt like the devil was just attacking in every way possible because of somebody's heavy, ridiculously, ridiculously heavy load. It seems like it can't change, but it can. It can. Yes, it can change. Caitlin's back there crying. She's like a daughter of mine, and I would say this. God lifted that load, didn't he? Ooh, Jesus. Hey, hey, hey. Stay with me a second. God is working, and he's trying to tell you, stick with me. Pray and believe. Stick with me. Come on, that's tough. Don't worry about what everyone else is saying. Stay with God. Because people are talking. They talk about you and they say things about you. They don't know the situation and they're talking and they don't know you. Is that right? I love these people right here. I mean, I don't have to look very far to see people I love. Have you been through a lot? Stacy knows what I'm talking about, don't you? He's an awesome person. So is he. 
oh, yes. How many people are literally in the room sitting in a cell, a prison right now of your own mind? Prison of your own mind, chained, chained and bound and guarded by the enemy day and night, and you cannot escape it. And you're so tired of it. Yes, you are. You're so tired of it because it just has you chained and you don't think there's any way out. And I'm here to say today God loves you amazingly. He is not interested in all those things that people try to drag up and throw in your face because all of that sin is forgiven and gone. You sit righteously next to God in heaven. You are seated there right now. Yes, you are. Who feels like the weight is so heavy this morning? I'm asking, very, this is very, very, very specific with your eyes open. Very, very, very specific. You are a man or woman or a young person in the room, and you feel so chained to something, you desperately, desperately need deliverance. I don't want 50 people to raise their hand. This is very specific for someone who feels desperate need of God to deliver them. Raise your hand. One, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. This is desperate. I want my wife to come up here and get the oil. My wife's going to put a dot on your forehead. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I know there's other people. You are living in change right now. You know you are. You are living in change. You are constantly battling with giving something up that you should be surrendering to God. Anyone else? Ooh, I want to. Maybe, hey, maybe this is, yeah, there you go, honey. Listen to me. I, I believe in the power of God to heal people. Do you? Yes? Yes? yes. yes. Over here, yes? yes? What about you? Is it for everybody else but not you? Everybody else but not you? You got a situation you know is not, is not happening. Who's next? Just get out of your seat and come right up there to Becky. Okay, just one at a time. We're going to do this. One at a time. Yep. We got two people. You can come too. Jenny, sit right here. Here's what has to happen in churches. Okay. More than anything I could say, because I'm not good, I'm not eloquent, but, whoo, God, oh my gosh, God, I'm not just trying to be sensational. Michael went off and wrecked his life, but he wants to change. I'm, I'm going to say this. If, you, if she's busy, then you guys just sit down there. My son, Dan, is here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what to say. I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I am so mad at Satan. And I'm more than ever before in my life believe God answers prayer. You have no idea. How the devil is destructive. This isn't even the tip of the iceberg. This is the people that are so desperate they got to get up. You got to get up and come and sit up here because it says, I'm going to have the faith to believe that God is going to do supernatural things. And I want my wife and I to pray over you. I'm not trying to leave anybody else out of this. I just think, be patient, people. There are people in, there are visitors struggling so bad. They can barely sit there, but they don't know us. It's when, when you get up and you come and do what you know to do is right because it changes things, then all of that other stuff, forget, and you forget. You're, yes, that's what Paul was saying. Forget all that stuff that people are going to say. Forget your pride. Get up and come and sit here. It'll say something. Yes, it, it will say something. Hang in there. Every single year, every single, every single year, by the end of the summer, which is usually October, we lose families out of our church. It's been all 44 years it's been like this. And just weeks ago, I said to my wife, we didn't lose anybody. Spoke too soon. And I'm telling you, it's not that this is the only church, but this is the church where they have a pastor and a pastor's wife who really care. I'll say that. What, what Steve, what's going on?
and they're concerned about, okay, we need to, don't let your mind go there. First of all, say that. Right, guys? Your mind will take you and kill you. Yes, it will. Am I, am I right on this? How many people in here have struggled with depression from things? Raise your hand. Be honest. Depression over things. If you have, you know what I'm talking about. Your mind will make you sick. He needs total deliverance. There is some kind of nerve thing going on here. He needs to be able to live long, raise his children, and that's what he wants, isn't it? Moses, go get some oil over there for me. I think there's some little bottles laying behind Becky. You want your, what do you want to change, Jenny? Your whole situation, right? Ooh, God. You ever feel like something is so heavy, it's like pressing you down into the ground? It's so heavy. He wants to live. The only way that that will go away, that, that disease, whatever it is that he has in him, is God doing a miracle. Is it not? He needs a bunch of people to believe with me on his behalf. Can't be any fakey. Fake. I grew up going to the Pentecostal church, and what I found is it was outdo the other person in your stuff. What, how ridiculous. I do believe in God being supernatural. I've already prayed over Steve. I pray, pray with me right now. I pray in Jesus' name. Your powerful name lifts us out of the pits, God. You are the one who heals. You are the Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, who wants to heal Steve. Please, God, we beg you on his behalf that this would disappear. It was fine until he went back to the doctor, wasn't it? I'm believing with you. It's all changing. It'll drop on you, Jenny. God, I thank you that Jenny even came today. She has reason more than other people do to desperately need you and to desperately need the comfort of the body of Christ. I pray that you would go now as I know I talked to your husband, Michael, last night even. He wants to be healed. It's hard to believe, but he does. What do you need, Diane? What? You miss your brother. Her brother died recently. She really loves him. And it is so difficult to lose someone to any disease. Crippling. He was a drummer. These are his drums, actually, up here. He gave to our church. Soon we'll start using those. I pray that the bigger picture for you is this. The devil wants you to be depressed, doesn't he? Your brother is in heaven. Yes, 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 yes. And he would be saying, take joy today. I'm with you. I'm walking. I'm, I'm, I see you. I'm, I'm walking with you. Yes, ladies. I'm, I'm with you. I'll walk right beside you. You can make it. You can more than make it. He would want you to have joy. Would he not, people? I put a, a dot of oil on your forehead. I pray in Jesus' name that you will bring deliverance from oppression and depression for my sisters in Christ. May the power of God bring healing in Jesus' name. You were just sitting here, weren't you? Okay. You say, this doesn't do any good. You've done it before. It doesn't do any good. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. You're expecting it to happen in God. In your timing, and God is saying, no, I'm going to do something. Right? I'm going to do something. I want to do it. You need to trust me. Be confident that God knows what he wants to do in your life. We want to believe with you. I'm still concerned for someone else that's out there. You really need direction. Anyone else? You can come to me afterwards. Because I know it's not over. It isn't over. God's not done. General Douglas MacArthur wrote this, people grow old by deserting their ideas. Years may wrinkle the skin, but to give up interest wrinkles the soul. 
You're as young as your faith, as old as your doubts, as young as your self-confidence, as old as your fears, as young as your hope, as old as your despair. God wants to pull you out of it right now. Pray the power of Jesus' blood. You are working, God. You are working. You are working. You, I say it. You are working. Come on, say it with me. You are working. Again, you are working, God. We know that you're at work. There will always be skeptics, but I pray that our faith will keep us young, keep us alive, keep us being, speaking positive things into other people's lives, offering people hope through the blood of what Christ has done. Yes, 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 yes. Don't let it be an every, look up here, don't let it be an every week battle. Don't, say no. I'm not going to let this dominate my thinking this week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust in what Christ did to walk me through this. Yes. Be confident in his love. Did anyone else get blessed today from being together as a church? Anyone else? Raise your hand. And all the ones that didn't get blessed, keep your hands down. <laughs> did anyone get blessed today? Raise your hand. I saw more hands go up that time. <laughs> Sometimes I don't think people are even listening. They're back there saying, all right, get it over with. I need Burger King. You ever had to talk the new tacos at Burger King? Okay, I'm not going to tell you what I think because everybody's going, ew. I like them, actually. They definitely beat out Taco Bell the place from hell. I, I get a very strong feeling that there's actual meat in the Burger King tacos. <laughs> Not just sawdust, but meat. All right. Are you blessed today? Yes. yes, 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 yes. I hope you are. 